The guests on Love Hurts occasionally use some adult language and go into some more intense subject matter, but that's kind of how real life works anyway. This is Love Hurts. I'm Brian Berlin. Today's guest is Emily Walsh. Emily is a comedian living in New York City. Emily lost her dad when she was young, and she spent a lot of time thinking about the role her dad would have played in her life as she got older. She shares her memory of him, the struggles of talking about him with family members, and writing an hour-long show re-examining her relationship with him after she got married. Hey, Emily, how's it going? I am pretty good. How are you? Good. It's been so long since we've last seen each other. I know. It in reality, like eight days, but in fringe time, it is immense and unmeasurable how, how long it's been. But I just live here now. This is just my new life. I wake yeah. up every day and I do this show and I, you know, see my fringe friends, my summer camp buddies, and <laughs> we all chat about how our day went and then I go to bed. And it's it's a nice, weird Groundhog Day type situation. Yes. Well, I appreciate you breaking the routine to do this um yeah what what did you want to talk about today yeah so i want to kind of talk about what my show is about which is half the loss of my dad and half you know whether or not i want to be a parent and and have kids and it was actually interesting because you seeing the show opened my eyes to like an element of it that i hadn't really acknowledged because you kind of came away from it and was like you know, it's a show about finding a partner and, and figuring out what that means to have a partner in your life and what decisions you're going to make together. And and because there's an element of the show of me kind of being like, I just did not expect to have this like loving husband in my life. Like I just <laughs> never predicted that. And so it's almost like even though we've been together for 10 years, it's almost like I'm surprised every day that this is the situation that I'm in and that you know, we potentially could have a very conventional family and have kids and all that. So that's part of it. But it's it definitely started. And like, it's funny because the only review I've gotten, the first paragraph was like, this is technically a dead dad show. But it is also about, you know, her loving her husband. And, and I I realizing how much it is half and half. But the thing I was going to focus on for this conversation is is losing my dad when I was a kid and kind of um developing this show and reliving a lot of these memories that I've had for obviously my whole life that, you know, on a day-to-day basis, you don't really think about. And then you're kind of like picking apart your memories to create a through line and create a narrative to make a show and how that feels every day and how that feels every day to get up and be like, I'm going to make jokes about my dad being dead. Because one of my first stand-up jokes ever uh, was the, the joke that leads into the second half of my show, which is me and my dad don't have a great relationship. He's kind of dead to me. He's dead to you, too. He's dead. And <laughs> it's just like a very simple bit joke structurally, but it is like not everybody finds joy in that kind of joke because, you know, people, everyone who's lost a parent, I find, loves it because they you develop a different type of humor if you like experience tragedy, I think, when you're a younger person. But, you know, for a long time, it was kind of my gauge of like what a crowd was going to be like or this and that. But 
I would just tell that joke. I didn't have all this dead dad material. It wasn't really like a focus of my set. It wasn't a big part of it because it also is like at the end of the day, it's it's a tr it's a tragic thing that happened, and it's not like not everybody wants to hear about it. And so much of stand up comedy is talking to people on dates and talking to people at like bachelorette parties or going out with friends and you don't want to be like hey let me bum you out real quick by the way like it's it's just always tricky to see when you can kind of bring up that material so part of me coming here to do this show was knowing that i could bring in an audience that wanted to hear about this and you know just yesterday we had this guy that like you know, it, you relate to people in a way you wouldn't expect. Like he was probably like in his 40s and he was in Edinburgh, I think from America. And he was supposed to be on this like bro trip. But then his brother got COVID. So he decided to come to my show. And then he bought a ticket and then also like tipped us on top of that. And then came back again to get a pin. Like I have these little pins and was telling me about losing his dad. And it's like me and this guy, were never going to be friends until this happened. And now... I'm like, I want to send you a Christmas card. Like, it's just like a weird <laughs> connection we have now. So it's definitely just been a journey of, of like discovering all of this again, because I think for me, at least a lot of this grief and stuff, I just shoved down and, and, you know, I have a, I used to tell a joke about being Irish Catholic and, and dealing with emotion and calling it like the drink them up, shove them down. Like, <laughs> We're just not talking about feelings. And, you know, because my dad was 50 when he died and I was young and my brother was young, a lot of people are uncomfortable. They don't know what we want to talk about, if we ever want to talk about it. So it's very rare that my dad even comes up, even with family. And one of my uncles is very sweet and I love him, but he he does this thing where he only ever wants to tell me positive stuff about my dad as if I'm like a 10-year-old. And he and his so my dad was 10 and seven years younger than his brothers. So my two uncles were closer in age. And he always tells these stories, not to like me, but to like a group. He'll be like, oh, me and Mike, we stole the neighbor's candy or whatever. Like just like very innocent little kid stories. But then he'll kind of pause and look at me and be like, but your dad would never do that. And like he's trying to, I guess, be nice about it. But I'm like, I want to hear about my dad getting into like trouble or like his actual life and not this picture you're painting for me, I guess. So yeah, like you almost have this, your, your family is almost uh, interacting with you about your dad in a way that you're still like the child that 100%. lost your dad, right? Like this hundred percent. That's so interesting. Cause it's like, yeah, you're like, now you're older and you're like, I want to hear more about maybe not like the imperfections of your dad, but like the, how he's a human like I, I hear yeah. these more like human moments rather than like just putting him on this pedestal of like oh yeah this was a tragic thing that happened but like he's still a person and I'd love to hear the ups and downs of his life rather than just being like oh he's only allowed to be a good dad in every yeah. story or something right like yeah yeah it's just weird and it's like at this point it has been so many years that people start to forget stuff and but also like the information trickles out in a very weird way. And, you know, like there's a bit in my show about my dad's time in Vietnam. And I found out like a month before coming here that my dad 
went to my uncle's house for like the first month he came back from his service and he had PTSD basically that was never treated. And my uncle was telling me that like he actually slept in their bedroom because they already had like three or four kids in a smaller house and he was sleeping on a cot in their bedroom and like would wake up every night in the middle of the night with these like traumatic dreams because of course, because you know, the very short version is his helicopter went down, he was injured, everybody else died, and he managed to, like, make it out alive. But stuff like that is just, like, I'm never going to know that part of him, and I'm never going to be able to talk to him about it. And it makes him a more layered human being to me, but it also is confusing and complicated because I can't, ask him about it and I don't know how he feels about it and my my mom is she's interesting because she doesn't really bring him up either and she told me recently or not recently a couple years ago I was out to dinner with her and one of my cousins and my cousin was single and she was asking like well how did you know that you and um, my dad were like meant to be together like how did you know that he was going to be your husband and she actually said when he told me about his experience in Vietnam. But she still hasn't told me what like that what is. what he said. No, I still yeah. don't know. And I don't know when and how to ask. And it's one of those things where, like, I want to know anything anyone has to tell me about him. But I also don't want to hurt anybody. And I don't want to be intrusive in a way that, like, disrupts anyone's memory but I'm also just like trying to make him a fully rounded person in my memory. Like I have all of my memories, but I don't, we weren't having real conversation. I was 11 years old. Like yeah. it wasn't, you know, we weren't having these big chats. So I don't know what he feels about my life. And that's the other thing is like, sometimes I look at my uncles who are pretty conservative guys and, uh, you know, one of them has definitely fallen victim to Fox News and the other one is very pro-life. And he was seven and ten years younger than them. And he was, um, you know, they were both registered Republicans. And we actually lived in New Hampshire. And he was really proud of the fact that he could be an independent. You know, he wasn't he didn't have to be in a party. And I think politically, sometimes he did kind of go a little bit further left. But I don't know how left. And it's uh, it's interesting to look at them. Because I love my uncles and I think we have a nice relationship, but we don't agree on anything, like at all. Like if we got down to any type of conversation, we don't have anything in common. I love seeing them. They're very sweet old men that are patriarchs of their family. And, you know, they're both very like good with their grandkids and like they're nice people. Like I think, you know, of course, but it is complicated to be like, this person that was such a big part of my life, like, would we, what would we argue about? What would our adult relationship be? I have no idea, you know? And my mom is like pretty liberal as far as, you know, she hates Trump and, you know, she votes Democrat or whatever, but she's also been on a journey herself with all of that. Like I had to like teach her some things and, and put up with some missteps along the way of her saying certain things or you know being ignorant to certain things so it's it's just like a weird element of the whole thing and of the show of just like mourning the loss of the person but also mourning the relationship of having that 
figure. Like when I was in college and and in my 20s, if I met other people's dads, I was like really, I still feel like I don't know how to talk to like white men in their 50s. <laughs> like I just don't. <laughs> I mean, I feel so like odd, that's true but... for everybody, even. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> but I have no, yeah. I, my, I don't know how to talk to my dad. We go to, we like golf together and that's our way of like. Exactly. You, know, you have bonding. like your one thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And now I have like a father-in-law and I don't know how to talk to him and he doesn't know yeah. how to talk to me either. Like, we... But yeah, you have this, this gap in knowledge, I guess, right? That you're like yeah. still trying to understand. Yeah. And there's also little things that you realize like in life that I'm like. Oh, not, and I, I hate to like gender roll too much stuff, but like, there's other things where I'm like, I wish someone had taught me how to do my taxes or like how to change a tire, you know? It just yeah. Wasn't, yeah. That's, there's that's that like, knowledge. Yeah, gen- gender specific dad stuff that like, yeah, a hundred percent. I learned from my dad. Uh, but you're like, um, yeah, so you're, it's, like, I the th- I think you said this thing really, like, a, a minute or two ago that's really interesting. It's like, yeah, you're trying to fill in this character of him that is, yeah, it's 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 weird because, yeah, like, as you said, it's, it's hard to just ask people, like, even your mom, to be like, can you fill in this piece that I can see the outline of, but I'd love filled in. And, a little more color, yeah. Yeah, and I guess it's, like, e- and it's also interesting because even if, like, you know, she fills that in. It's not your experience. Like, it's this, it's sort of that thing of like, you're talking also about like him as a person, but then your missed experiences that you never got to have. And both of those things kind of overlap on each other, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because even information other people tell me is their experience with him in a different context as well. So it's not like, oh, this is this other kid that got to have him be their dad their whole yeah. life. And they're like, oh, well, he loved that I went to college for this or whatever. You know, like, it's that kind of thing where I'm like, I, and I go back and forth because sometimes I think about where I would be if he did exist. Like, if he had been around, would I have gone to college for theater? Would I have done all these, like, more artistic leaning jobs? Would, Would anybody have been in the background being like, I don't know if this is practical. Like, I don't know if this is a good idea and and then by that question you know the domino effect of would i have been at the theater festival where i met all of my close friends and my husband like would what would be different who would i be if he was around and and there's kind of no point in thinking about that but there also is like a lot to be thought about in that if that makes sense like there's kind of, like obviously we can't change it so it's like it is what it is you've made your choices no matter what but it is it's just kind of confusing and complicated and and i don't know it and it's also this thing of like for such a long time being the girl without the dad like in school and in college and even in my 20s like now in in new york and being an adult and obviously being older so many people have so many different family situations, whether it be divorce or they just grew up without a dad or their parents have passed away or one or both or whatever, you know, now it's way more diverse, but even just getting to college and having people be like, Oh, what does your dad do? Who's your, you know, and being like, I don't have one. He is not, you know, and not being able to even have that conversation and and then the the discomfort that people feel and i think part of the reason i make jokes about it is i'm like 
I would love to have a genuine conversation about this or him, but I don't enjoy when people get really tight about it. Yeah, they're like, like I, that. <laughs> yeah, it's just not. It's like it makes me feel bad for telling them a sad thing. And I'm like, I'm just telling you the facts. I'm not trying to bum you out, but I've now felt like I'm bumming you out. Yeah, it's like now you're almost in this place of like, oh, I have to. If I just tell if if I just make a whole show about this, so many of my people in my circles will know this. So then, well, I'm sure. But it's that funny thing of like, yeah, then I don't I don't have to have that awkward moment because yeah. I get to control how it happens on stage. Right. Like uh, and, I, and obviously you're still going to have that awkward moment in life. And as you said, yeah, as you get old, like I feel like a thing I was thinking about recently is like I think the big thing that happens when you like get into your 30s as a person is like, oh, I have friends now who have lost parents and it's like that thing of like oh it's a thing that i have to keep track of in my head of like yeah yeah to not say like oh what's your dad up to and be like oh yeah your dad died two years ago and i totally missed i forgot blanked for a second yeah yeah uh yeah yeah and it is interesting the control aspect of information because i it is easier for me to do this show to strangers like yeah. the first couple of previews that I did to very close friends, very close family, people have known me my whole life for 20 years and, you know, they're struggling with it. And I remember like when I came up with years ago, when I came up with the joke that I said earlier, like he's dead to you, he said to me, he's dead. I told one of my cousins who is like probably the most similar to me like sense of humor wise in my family and probably the most willing to like go on a dark journey and he didn't laugh and he was like he was like i get that that's funny but that's my uncle like he just like couldn't get past the fact that it was like someone he knew and i was like i appreciate that but it's also my dad and i'm telling you it's It's okay okay. to laugh because that's the thing is like none of the jokes about him having been dead are about him. It's just about like the circumstance and who I was because of it and what kind of stuff happens when you're a kid who loses a parent and how people don't know how to communicate with you and don't know how to deal with you and don't know what to do with you. And you just end up wandering around, you know, and I'm sure now if somebody loses a parent, people are in such a different place emotionally and, you know, with therapy and all that sort of stuff, but it just didn't happen, you know, in the nineties and in my family and in a Catholic environment, it was just like, go pray about it. You know, it wasn't like no one was actually trying to figure out what I should be doing. It was just like, Oh, well we need to just keep moving. And I think because of that, a lot of my memories were not preserved in a, in a great way because it was like, we just have to keep, going like we need to put a foot in front of the other and there wasn't a lot of space being held for his memory and there wasn't a lot of like time that we were like oh well your dad would have loved this so we're going to do this every year on his birthday or whatever like that just wasn't a thing we were doing and and I it's funny because for a lot of years my mom wouldn't really recognize that it was like the um the anniversary like i i pay attention to that day and it because it he died a few days after the fourth of july and so when that is all kind of coming up those feelings come back because i'm like oh you know the fireworks is one of my last like really good memories that kind of thing and normally we like never talk about it but this year 
she called me and it was actually the day before and she was like yeah it's the anniversary and i was like nope that's tomorrow but okay like close cool i'm glad i'm close and i don't know and i and, it, and i guess the awareness like, that the fact that it's like you said it's something she wasn't really bringing up and now she's like oh she's taking the time to bring that up with you yeah i think it's i mean it it's just interesting and i know that everyone mourns in their own way and everyone remembers people in their own way but when it was 20 years um six years ago when it had been 20 years i decided i wanted to go up to my dad's um gravesite because he we lived in new hampshire when he died but then we moved away so i had never been back in 20 years like we just didn't go and so i was like okay and i called my mom and i was like me and danny are gonna go do this like if you want to come you're more than welcome but if not don't worry about it like if this isn't something that you know brings you joy and and danny also my husband hadn't um had never been to nashville where i grew up and i was like let's drive by my house and let's go you know like let's just do all the things that you do when you visit your hometown childhood tour yeah and so we were like planning on doing that and then i i told my aunts and uncles i was like i'm gonna do this um and if you want to come you can and if not don't worry about it and i remember my cousins calling me because i had told my uncles and they were like do you need us to come and i'm like literally anyone is welcome but also no one should feel obligated and like they all have kids and lives and like going to new hampshire on like a 12-hour road trip to go to a (laughs) cemetery is like not a thing anybody needs to do i was just like i'm gonna do this (laughs) exactly yeah like right after the fourth drive 12 hours (laughs) to new hampshire but it was something that i wanted to do and i remember people like respecting it but i don't know how they felt about it and we got there and i remember I remember a lot of things. My uncle was really focused on like grooming the the little cemetery plot because we we didn't have a lot of money when my dad passed away. And so he doesn't have like a big headstone. He has like a flat in the ground headstone. I don't know if that has a different name, but my uncle was like pulling the grass on the edge. Like he was kind of and I could see him being like, I should have you know, been up here already. I should have maybe replaced his headset. Like I watched him experience all these emotions. But, you know, then my one of my aunts who's like super type A, the second we got there, she was like, okay, what are we doing? And I was like, what do you mean? What are we doing? I don't know. I didn't like write a service. There's six of us. And I just wanted to come here. And you guys can come, you can go. I'm going to just stand here for a minute and like think my thoughts. And she ended up reading something she had brought and i was like that's fine whatever and i remember like i i don't think of myself as like a super sentimental person but i've realized in the past few years that i am and that that lives in me because like my i have one tattoo and it is a line from the little prince which is a book that the priest at my dad's funeral brought up and he compared my dad to the little prince and it's this whole thing and my tattoo is a quote from the book in my dad's handwriting and I bought everybody that went to this event the book and was just like hey if you you know want to read this book I think it was a good metaphor I really like it and I like this like comparison to my dad and and you know I don't think my family doesn't care but when I handed them each this book they were like okay like it wasn't like, like it's homework oh great <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it felt, they were like, I don't think I need to do this to connect with this person. And I'm like, you know what, you're right. I, never mind. I was trying to, 
to give you my method and well it's almost like to try to get them to connect with you right like that's more of what it is rather than connecting with your dad in that scenario it's like this is how i am connecting again being this like 11 year old when this happened and trying to piece this all together and this is a way that is stuck with me yeah yeah but uh yeah it's just been an interesting journey of like me processing these feelings and like I um in writing this show I was going through all these old letters and pictures and stuff and there's a little snippet in the show of me talking about me thinking my dad was in purgatory after he died instead of heaven because I had convinced him to skip church and I hadn't thought about that in at least 10 years that whole thing and my therapist did watch the show she watched the live stream uh, before I left for Edinburgh and she was like we she was like I enjoyed this show we have a lot to talk about like we <laughs> we haven't talked about a lot of this so I'm like yep that sounds good like I'll see you when I get back that's so funny that it's like yep that's just now we have more we have more to work on <laughs> yeah she was like you talk about things in a very different way on stage than you do with me and I was like a duh that is yeah very different yeah. but b you're right and let's unpack it i guess so stuff to look forward to excited about that (laughs) (laughs) um well the other thing i was interested in is like it's funny you were saying this in like moments of like the first time performing the show you performed it for some close family like was there a part of you that hoped or maybe not even as you did it or not that you set out with this goal but like as it's been happening like and you said like you've had audience members connect with you probably about like their lost parents and stuff like that. Like it's, it's a show that is connecting with people. And is there a part of you that like would like your family to connect with you, like to be able to share those parts of your dad that they don't share yet from like you sharing so much about your journey on this? Yeah. And it's been interesting because family members have told me they watch the show, but no one has mentioned really anything from it no one has been like we watched the show and you know this feeling they they and i guess a lot of them have said nice things about the way i talk about my husband on stage which is an element of this show and i realized in writing it that you know he there's a switch when you become an adult when you actually you know we dated for seven years before we got married and so you've kind of in your head you're like we're basically married it's been this long you know whatever but i do feel like there is a switch when you actually you know get up there in front of everybody and say we're committed and you say it to each other and you talk about your life very comfortably as saying like this is going to be our lives and there was something in in writing this and in realizing that like you know not to be so cheesy but he is my family now and he gets what I'm trying to do with this show and he can appreciate the emotions that I'm trying to convey. So I guess that my family acknowledging like my love for him and that he is like a good partner is them acknowledging what the show is, I guess, in their own way. You know, it's just kind of a complicated situation and and nobody's gonna say anything about it. I mean, my mom did say she was like, I cried at the end and I was like, well, that's nice. And I'm sad that you, you know, I don't, I wish you, because she watched it by herself. I was like, I'm sorry that you watched it by yourself. And so you were left, like, sad about it. But I'm like, you at least connect with it. You at least get 
a little bit of what I'm trying to do. So it's been really interesting reaction wise, but that is the biggest reaction I've actually gotten is people like, and in a way that really surprised me, like I've had multiple friends be like, Ooh, you like really like your husband. And I'm like, yeah, he's my husband. Is that like, weird? So like... <laughs> yeah. Is that abnormal? And it always has this air about it of like, Ooh, you have a crush. Oh my God. And I'm like, we're married. <laughs> like, I mean, as someone who's met your husband, he's very, he's very lovely and I totally see it. So (laughs) yeah, yeah. People are, and like doing this show with him has been interesting because people, A, he's firing people in. He's like, come see my wife. Like, I love her. You should love her too. But like doing this, going on this journey with him has been very different than I think people who are here by themselves, whether they be partnered or not, you know, whether their spouse would be at home or, or they're single and, and it has brought us together because he he has witnessed he always has witnessed my like artistic wins and losses but to see them in real time every moment of every day for a month is like a real journey and like i i am fully transparent here like in new york if i have a show that doesn't go well but i know he has a big day at work or something i'm not going to come home and wake him up and be like i'm sad you know whatever but because he's not working right now, because he's here with me, because he's seeing every single show, it's just this like very transparent thing that it hasn't been before. So it's kind of been an interesting thing. And I feel like he is more invested now in what I'm trying to do because he's like, we're a team and we're doing this thing and we need to figure out how we could keep this going for you. And that's, you know, that's kind of a whole other tangent, but you know, some of the show is about whether or not we're going to have kids. And I think Danny's just really struggling to try to show me that we can be a good team no matter what. And if we decide to have a kid, well, you know, he doesn't think I should stop performing, like, you know, whatever else that is. So there's a lot of, a lot of things going around, but obviously, you know, I'm in the thick of it right now in the middle of this festival still. So. Yeah. Well, I, it's just like the way you talk about it. It's like, you, yeah, you're you're getting you, the two of you. He's he's getting to experience every like high and low. Like again, having been there, it is like yeah, day to day. Your how your performance is. Who's the, who shows up? Like what all the other circumstances of things really change your yeah your mood from day to or just like maybe not mood, but just like how you feel during that day or whatever. And it's like yeah, I mean, but it's kind of mood because some days yeah, you're I guess like, it's mood. Yeah, we did it. We're we're the yeah. kings of Edinburgh. And then some days I'm like, I'm gonna walk into the ocean. I can't believe I made you. Yeah, come why? Here would anybody do this uh but yeah like to have yeah like the most important person in your life get to experience that like as you were saying when you go you'll go do a show in new york and you just go like i'll be gone for an hour or two and i'll be back and then like our lives just continue we're now like this has become both of your shared lives for a month and like it's if it's cool that you're getting to you're getting to get closer over this thing that you created to like sort of in a way get closer with your dad, I guess, or like maybe try to connect with your dad in a way that it's been hard to over the last 20, 26 years or so. You said, yeah, yeah. Um, Cool. Yeah. It's been, it's been a journey and it's, it's helped me like process things and the things that I talk about in the show have shown me what my, memories are like the things that still stand out to me are the things that I'm like 
oh yeah, that obviously means something to me because I'm thinking about it 26 years later. Like there are people who I hang out with who are 26 years old. Like that's how long this has been, you know? So it's, it's definitely been an, an interesting look at that experience and how long it's been. And, and, you know, I remember 10 or 11 years after my dad died thinking like, okay, now we're getting into territory where he will have been gone longer than he was here for me, you know, and now yeah. I'm at a point where it's, you know, more than two thirds of my life has been without him. And, and what does that mean? And what does that make me? And what does that mean? Our relationship was. And so it's, it's definitely, it's nice to just take a moment in this show and, and think about him every day and kind of be like, you know, you were, you were pretty cool. I wish we had a better relationship, you know, and by better, I mean, a relationship a, yeah currently, a but, longer relationship yeah but it's it's been a really interesting journey with all of it and it's let me like think about it in a different way and i think you know even in a bigger sense edinburgh in general lets you like really think about how you're an artist i think sometimes in new york i'm like oh i do stand up but i'm not doing it only stand up you know i still have a day job sometimes i still do this other thing like and New Yorkers are so like a lot of people just don't want to be too artsy. They're like, no, I'm a stand up. I'm a hardcore whatever. And, and being here is, is really letting me be like, no, what if I did journal? What if I did do this show? What if I talked about the elements of the show in a lengthy way with people and, and really dug into it as opposed to just talking about joke structure and, you know, the vibe at the club, you know, so it's been. <laughs> nice to like think about all of it in a different context yeah and i i mean i feel like even doing this conversation is a fun like you're performing in this other way and i appreciate you sharing uh like this so i know you're gonna have like a few more uh performances in edinburgh but like if people want to find out more about what you do or what you have going on where can they do that Sure. Yeah. My website in general is Emily Walsh comic. And if you happen to be in Edinburgh this weekend, you can go to dadgirlshow.com and there's tickets there and audience reviews. The show is every day at five fifty. It's called dad girl. Um, and then I am on all social media channels at the funny Walsh. Uh, and I live in New York city and I perform most days. So find me wherever you want to find me. And if you're in Edinburgh, please swing on by. <laughs> Cool. Well, thank you so much, Emily. Yeah, thank you. This is how we love. This is how we fight for something that's right. Love Hurts is produced, hosted, and edited by Brian Berlin. Theme music by Mickey Hommel. Show art by Caroline Mallon. You can find Love Hurts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like the show, rate and review it on Apple Podcasts and tell a friend about it. You can find Love Hurts on Twitter and Instagram at lovehurtspod, and our website is lovehurtspod.com. I'm Brian Berlin, and this is Love Hurts. Love Hurts.